Welcome to TDA Soundbites, Episode 3, Botox and Derma Fillers. I'm Leanne Johnson, Director of Member Services, and here with me today is one of my favorite peeps, Diane Rhodes, Senior Policy Manager for TDA. As I was getting dressed this morning, and let me kind of backtrack a little bit, I want to say how much we appreciated all of the positive feedback that we got for the podcast Amen. that we did <laughs> since our first one was so rough. Uh, the, for the one that, that we recently did. And as I was getting dressed this morning, I really don't know how well this bodes for how our podcast is going to do today. But I had a mini meltdown because I thought my right contact, as I was putting it in, I thought I dropped it. And it's, my vision is not balanced on each side. And so my right contact is, is much different strength than my left. So you, there, I don't, I can't interchange my left. So as I'm having my mini meltdown, having a temper fit, can't find it, can't find it. And then I look up in the mirror and I realize it's in my eye the whole time I've been having a temper fit that I can't find it. And it just made me think about how dependent I've become not only therapeutically on the use of contacts, but also it's my preference cosmetically. Right. And when I was a kid, you know, you just didn't have that options or that option just really wasn't available. Contacts didn't come around until I was like 13. And it's, we see that not just in vision, but we're seeing it. Oh, absolutely. In, in the dental world, in the medical world. All aspects of our and life. All, yeah, all yeah. aspects of our life. Everything's getting easier and we have more preferences. I mean, we have the ability to choose in a lot of different ways. I mean, as our listeners know, the world has changed and that the use of Botox and derma fillers is commonplace for not only women, but also men and, and of all ages. And for a lot of different treatments, you've got mm-hmm. migraines, underarm sweating, neck spasms. I mean, there's all kinds of different uses. I know. Well, wait, well, before we get into yeah, all that. I, I want to hear those jokes you've been working on. All right, on. all right. I've been working on them, right? Okay. Yeah. So, Diane, you know Botox is very overrated. Is it? Yeah, it'll never make headlines. <laughs> but up bump <laughs> First show, ladies and gentlemen, first show. I think Billy's going to need to throw in some drums. <laughs> We're going to need some sound effects yeah. to make. Okay, let me let me hear another one. Another one. You know, do you remember when plastic surgery was taboo? Yeah. Yeah? Like maybe two years ago? <laughs> Before people would admit they had it? Uh-huh. Now you mention Botox and no one even raises their eyebrow. All right. <laughs> this is when you get the big hook out and you just pull the person <laughs> off the stage. You help them. It, I'm going to put your life vest on for you and we're not going to, we're not, not going to do, do any more, okay, any more right. jokes. Well, wait, well, hold on though, because I think this is an issue that's sort of near and dear to both our hearts. I mean, we work together, we share a lot of it things is. and I know I've been using Botox for probably the last 10 or 12 years. Um, I'll never forget when my daughter was in middle school, she would say, mom, why are you mad? Why are you frowning? Why are you mad? <laughs> and I had no issues. I wasn't mad. I didn't know I was frowning, but, um, Botox actually relieved that little single crease, that frown line sure. right in the middle of your forehead. And my daughter thought I was happy from that point on. And I've been hooked and I know you, I've been, I'm not too much on the Botox train as I am on the, I am seriously considering, uh, lip fillers, derma fillers. And two things are holding me back right now. One is the fear of pain and needles. <laughs> it's worth and it. And the other is when it's good, you ha- you really don't notice it because right. it's so natural. And when it's bad, it's really you do. Bad. And I do not want to look like I got my lips stuck in a I'll tell you. I promise to tell you. Thank you. <laughs> so, Diane, we mentioned, you know, Botox being used for migraines, underarm sweating, neck spasms. There's a, there's a list. I think Huffington Post has a list of like 12 things that Botox can be used for these days. Um, medically, where does dentistry fit into this? 
Well, the use of Botox and dermafillers is really a fast-growing topic in dentistry, but I don't think a lot of dentists understand that the requirements for the use of Botox and dermafillers by dentists are very specific in Texas, and I kind of attribute this to a couple of things. One, just a lack of generalized lack of knowledge about the statute and the, and the rules, and two, how the courses in, in this field are advertised, and there's really no distinction in the courses that's specific to our law. So a lot of dentists, pardon me, take the courses and think that they can just kind of carte blanche, use Botox and dermafillers, and, and that is not the case. So the Dental Practice Act does not specifically address facial cosmetic surgery or treatment, but it does define the scope of practice of dentistry as being limited to human teeth, oral cavity, alveolar process, gums, jaws, are directly related and adjacent masticatory structures. So this scope of practice of dentistry is broadened a bit for dentists that have a recognized specialty in oral and maxillofacial surgery to include the diagnosis of and the surgical and adjunctive treatment of diseases, injuries, defects involving the functional and aesthetic aspects of the hard and soft tissues of the oral and maxillofacial region. So the products and procedures, Botox and dermafillers, included within that heading of facial cosmesis, mm -hmm. can only be used for the diagnosis and treatment of functional issues of the stomagnonathic system as part of a comprehensive treatment plan for dentists that are not oral surgeons. Okay. If a dentist is an oral surgeon, okay. then they can use Botox and dermafillers for aesthetic purposes. Aesthetic purposes related to? Still within the lane of the practice of, gen okay. of, of dentistry. Okay. So the use of botulism toxin, Botox, and dermafillers, again, let me reiterate, for isolated cosmetic purposes is permitted only for those dentists who have the specialty of oral and maxillofacial surgery. And the dental board is very clear about this, and they even have a policy statement on their website titled TSBDE Policy Statement, Facial Cosmetic Surgery and Treatment. And I recommend that all dentists take a look at this. Okay. I was talking with a dentist that does a lot of work with new graduates mm -hmm. at the dental schools. And there's... Wait, let me give a shout out to all our new graduates. Yeah, good. This is <laughs> a good time to do we, it. We, hey, hey, we need you. <laughs> we need you as members. We we fed you pizza your freshman year or a great box lunch and came to see you again your, as you graduated dental school. And uh, we hope that you feel welcome into the profession. That's certainly our goal um, when we saw you on your campus. And we're, you know, again, welcome, welcome each of you as members. I think that the discussion that I had with this dentist that had a lot of interaction with recent graduates was there was this perception by many of them that they were going to use Botox and dermafillers for cosmetic purposes. And that was going to be an adjunct to all the other therapeutic treatment that they provided. And there was going to be money made hand over fist. And, and it was just going to be incredible. And again, that kind of gets back to the fact that it's so much more commonplace. Right, right. For everyone to be using Botox. all types of, you know, cosmetic enhancements. Right. And again, it gets back to a lot of them don't realize that it's really specific. It's therapeutic purposes for dentists that aren't oral surgeons. And the only group that can use Botox and dermafillers for cosmetic purposes are oral surgeons. Oral surgeons. And, and so this idea isn't really takes you Takes you out of your dental Right. Line. It's also going to take... And it also gets into where you where the injections are happening, are they happening within those areas of the face and, and jaw that we've discussed? Okay, other than the three times I practiced this word before the <laughs> before our podcast. We're debating the pronunciation. <laughs> we of this, are by debating the, way, the pronunciation, but what in the world is a stomatognathic system? It is the anatomic system that comprises the teeth, the jaws, and associated soft tissue. Okay. And 
you know, I've memorized the pronunciation of it. I will say for our <laughs> listeners, I don't want to do it again because it's a point of contention between Leanne and myself that I'm not pronouncing it correctly, but I'm pronouncing it the way I've memorized it and I'm, at this point in my life, not changing it. And I've only pronounced it three times. So Diane very well may be correct in, in her pronunciation. But I'm not an attorney. And I, again, really want to emphasize that for the purposes of this podcast. It's it's always been a disclaimer that this podcast is never intended to be a substitute for legal advice. Right. Really regarding this topic, I can't stress that enough. And I'm not a clinician. So even though I can say stomagnonathic system, and please do not send me emails. Stomagnonathic system. Letting me know know if if I mispronounce it or if Leanne (laughs) mispronounces it. We're doing the best we can. I I have consulted or I, I consulted with several dentists about what it is to have a better clinical understanding of it. So the stomagnonathic system includes the orbicularis oris muscles. And these are known as your kissing muscles. Okay. And they're used to pucker your lips, and it's a complex set of muscles circling the mouth. Obicularis? Obicularis oris. Obicularis oris. Okay, I've learned something else new today. It also includes the muscles of mastication, which is how you chew. Chew. And I'm not even going to try to pronounce all of the individual muscles that make up the muscles of mastication. I gave up one YouTube tutorial, (laughs) and I was done. I was going to become so tongue-tied. But when you're talking about the stomagnonathic system, that's what you're talking about. That's what you're talking about. And, okay. and that's the lane for that kind of therapeutic. Kissing muscles. Your mastication, mastication muscles. muscles. Okay. So can you give us an example of the therapeutic use of Botox? Again, I mean, you know, I know how I what? use Botox. I get an eyebrow lift. The frown lines go away. But what's? give us an example of the therapeutic use of Botox as it relates to dentistry. So I'm a migraine sufferer. And this is one of my triggers. Not all of them, but one of them. And it's clenching it's bruxism it's bruxism mm-hmm. it's that grinding it's that clenching yeah i'm a grinder and i wear my night guard every night so do i so do i and that can be minimized with botox injections by reducing the force of the muscular contractions that okay. are involved so you will have dentists that are not oral surgeons that are administering botox this would be a perfect example of a therapeutic use of, of Botox within the lane of the practice of dentistry. Okay. It can also be used as part of a comprehensive treatment plan for temporomandibular disorders and syndromes. The temporomandibular joint is what connects your skull and your jaw. So TMJ disorders occur when patients have trouble with their jaw, their jaw joints, and their surrounding facial muscles. And Botox can be used therapeutically to provide to relief in relief. those cases. That, that pain sort of Another, immobilize the muscles. Yeah. Other therapeutic examples include treating angular chelitis, and this is a condition where the corners of the mouth become inflamed, cracked, and blistered. And this is something that I actually suffer with from time to time. I've speaking a lot about myself personally. Listeners are going to know that I want lip fillers. I mean, this is this is okay. I don't know if we're going to do these podcasts anymore. If a lot of my personal life is going to become (laughs) subject, but. That's what makes it interesting. You know, I revealed I've, got, I've had Botox for the last <laughs> 10 true. years. That's why I have no wrinkles, no frown lines, people. Well, I have a kind of nervous habit of when I'm in deep concentration, I will lick my lips over and over and over again. Uh-huh. And I don't even know I'm doing it. And that is when, for me, the saliva will start to kind of get into the corners of my mouth. Botox can be used in those corners. Okay. From what my research uh, I don't, I'm not risen to that level of needing it yet, but for patients that maybe are taking medications oh, uh, where right. this is really a problem for them, right. Botox can be a can good, help with that. can help with that. So Diane, I know you've suffered with migraines for many years. We've worked together and I know that, um, you know, it's, it's debilitating at times and a lot of people suffer with migraines. Can dentists use Botox for migraines? 
yes, as we talked about before, if if bruxism or clenching is a migraine trigger for you, dentists can therapeutically use Botox for that. It can also be part of a comprehensive treatment plan addressing migraines as long as you're staying in your lane again for dentistry. Okay. And that's the human teeth, the oral cavity, the alveolar process, the gums, the jaws, and the directly uh, related and adjacent masticatory structures. Okay. So you're not getting in to the injections being performed in areas that aren't, aren't within the practice those of Those locations, okay. So Diane, can you give us some examples of cosmetic uses of Botox and dermafillers? Yes, I can. And again, as I understand it, these examples are limited only to oral surgeons in Texas. And in the cosmetic context, an mm -hmm. oral surgeon can use these products for dental and facial aesthetics that volumize nasolabial folds, fill the marionette lines, lift the corners of the mouth, smooth lip lines, eliminate vertical smokers lines. Okay. Those are good examples. I want to caution not only oral surgeons that are using Botox and dermafillers, but also the other dentists out there that are using them for therapeutic purposes as part of a comprehensive treatment plan, that you need to touch base with your liability insurance carrier and okay. make sure that they know that, you've in, that you're including this in your practice okay. so that you have uh, proper coverage. Coverage on it. Okay. So in preparation for this podcast, I did a quick search of dental practice websites throughout Texas. And we talked about this at the beginning of the podcast. I think I spent maybe 15 minutes doing the search. Uh -huh. I cannot tell you how many websites of dental practices in Texas, and of course, for obvious reasons, they're going to remain nameless, that pulled up that were not oral surgeon practices okay. that were advertising Botox for cosmetic purposes. Oh. And not only advertising it for cosmetic purposes that would be within the practice of dentistry, but also advertising in some instances for cosmetic True purposes. True cosmetic purposes that, outside that of dentistry. That could be viewed as, as the practice of medicine. Oh my goodness. Um, so everybody needs to take a look at their own website to make sure that you're you know, advertising specific to the practice of dentistry if that's something that your practice... Um, Right. And, and one example that I saw repeatedly was what you mentioned. You know, you uh, talked about having the frown line right. between your eyebrows. The, well, the mommy's mad. Frown oh, I did line. not know that, that was what it was called. The mommy's mad. That, no, I just made it up. But that's yeah. pretty good. You should bill Amanda. <laughs> yeah. You should start sending her monthly Shout bills. Shout out, Amanda. Yeah. For your, for your future Botox injections. But you would see practices that advertise Juvederma Dermafiller for that. Oh, wow. Um, and that's not, and it was a non-oral surgery practice, and, and that's not a therapeutic use of that as part of a comprehensive treatment plan for dental conditions. So the practice of dentistry in this area is pretty simple. Botox and dermafillers can only be used for the diagnosis and treatment of functional issues of the stomatognathic system as part of a comprehensive treatment plan. The use of Botox and dermafillers for isolated cosmetic procedures can only be done by those dentists that have a specialty in oral and maxillofacial surgery. Diane, I think that, you know, the last few sentences just pretty much summed it up for our, our members. And I would encourage each of them to check out the website that you mentioned earlier, State Board website, on the facts about Botox and dermafillers. And I would encourage each of them to go in and check your websites and make sure that you are staying in the lane of the practice of dentistry when it comes to the Botox and dermafillers and the advertisement of such in your practice. And if they've got further questions, if you, our members, have further questions, please feel free to reach out by email to Diane, our Senior Policy Manager at D. Rhodes. That's D. R-H-O-D-E-S at T-D-A dot org. 
If you're not currently a member, but would like to join, visit tda.org and click on the Join Now button on our homepage or call 1-800-832-1145 and ask for anyone in the Member Services Department. We'll walk you through the process. We thank you for joining us today. We have a lot of fun when we record these podcasts. At some point, there will be some outtakes. I think Billy has saved all of the... (laughs) That's terrifying. (laughs) He saved all of the bloopers. And so look for that at some point in the future, but also look for episode four coming soon. Thank you.